You're listening to a podcast with Father Chris Walsh. This week's topic, Jesus Part 1. Here's a man who was born in an obscure village, the child of a peasant woman. He grew up in another village. He worked in a carpenter shop until he was 30, and for three years he was an itinerant preacher. He never owned a home. He never wrote a book. He never held an office. He never had a family. He never went to college. He never put his foot inside a big city. He never traveled 200 miles from the place he was born. He never did one thing that usually accompanies greatness. He had no credentials but himself. While still a young man, the tide of popular opinion turned against him. His friends ran away. One of them denied him. He was turned over to enemies. He went through the mockery of a trial. He was nailed upon a cross between two thieves. While he was dying, his executioners gambled for the only piece of property he had on earth, his coat. When he was dead, he was laid in a borrowed grave through the pity of a friend. Nineteen centuries have come and gone, and today he's the centerpiece of the human race and the leader of the column of progress. I am far within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that were ever built, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. You know, isn't that beautiful? I mean, that's who, that's who this Jesus is. And yet for thousands of years, the 2,000 years that have come and gone since his birth, there's such great confusion about who Jesus is truly is okay um the muslims the muslims will say that jesus is a great prophet okay they do not see jesus as god they see him as a great prophet of course the problem with that is if a prophet speaks the truth and as we're going to see in a little bit jesus said he was god so therefore he has to be god he he's, he can't just be a prophet the jehovah's witnesses they do not believe jesus was god they believe that he is the reincarnation he's the bodily form of saint michael the archangel you know, so they don't believe he's God. Uh, the Mormons, the Mormons do not believe Jesus is God. So sometimes Mormons will say they're Christian. They're not Christian. Mormons will say that we're all gods. We're all gods. There's nothing special about Jesus being a God because in reality, we're all gods. And so throughout history, people have misunderstood who Jesus was. People misunderstood who Jesus was when he was alive on this earth. So it shouldn't surprise us that today people misunderstand who Jesus is. Now, what I'm going to do is, is just really go through seven questions as we begin, sort of about Jesus. Um, and, and perhaps you'll have other questions. Next week, what we'll do is we'll look at, really begin going through his life uh, from the Gospels. And we'll do that the following week as well. Look at his, his birth and the, and the events that surrounded that. A way to kind of prepare for Christmas in a way. Uh, but then go through some of the significant events of the life of Christ to see what that means. But first, this question, is Jesus God? And again, that's the question that comes up with the Mormons and the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Muslims. Because if Jesus isn't God, what's the big deal? <laughs> you know, why follow him? Why try to listen to his teaching? He'd be a liar, exactly. So to the answer to the question, is Jesus God, our answer is yes, yes. yes. very much so. And, and I have some scripture verses there. Because Jesus in his own life claimed that he was God. Okay, Mark chapter 2, verse 28, he says that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. He uses that term, Lord, which is not a term that the Jewish people would have used. Yahweh is another way of saying that. In other words, he was saying, I am the God of the Sabbath day. Okay? Again, the, the, the Jewish people got upset about that. 
In Mark 2, he upset them earlier when he said, uh, verses 1 through 12, that he had the power to forgive sins. <laughs> you know? No one has that power other than God and those who God uh, decides to share with him, the power with him. Okay? Uh, the third... In John's gospel, Jesus, when, when they say, John the Baptist, you remember his disciples came to Jesus and they said, are you the one? And they said, yes, you know, tell them, I am. I am. Now, again, if a Jewish person hears that, they immediately go back uh, to the Exodus experience with Moses, where when God spoke to Moses in the burning bush, he said his name was I am. I am. Sometimes that's translated, I am who am. You know, this, this idea of the eternal God, the eternal God. So Jesus is taking that on himself. Even when he was in the womb of Mary, even when Mary was pregnant, she goes to visit her cousin Elizabeth. We call that the visitation. And in Luke 11, Elizabeth says to Mary, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come to me? That Elizabeth is recognizing. So not only is Jesus recognizing that he is this Lord, but other people are recognizing it as well. And Paul, St. Paul, just so we know that the early church was clear on this, St. Paul would write that in Christ the fullness of deity resides. He is the fullness of God. Okay? So there's really no question about this, that Jesus was God. He said he was God. He said he was God, and he had the proof. The miracles proved it, and obviously his resurrection from the dead proved it as well. Uh, G.K. Chesterton, I believe it was, made a comment that he said uh, that, that we only have three options when we talk about Jesus. That either Jesus is a bad man, he's a madman, or he's the God man. Because if, he's, if, he, if he said he was God, and, and he wasn't, but he really thought he was, that means he's crazy. He's a madman. Okay? Or if he said he was God, and he knew he wasn't, so he's a liar. So he's a bad man. Or... He said he was God, and he really was. Yes. He's the God-man. So, that second question there. Did Jesus always exist? Yes. Now, this is something that I myself didn't understand. For a long time, I thought, you know, like, God existed for all time, and then when Jesus was born, that's when Jesus began to exist. But no, Jesus existed for all time as the second person of the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, eternal. Always was, always will be. Um, but Jesus as man has a beginning. You know, when he, when he was born in that stable in Bethlehem that first Christmas 2,000 years ago, Jesus' life as a man, Jesus' life as a man had a beginning. But Jesus always was. Jesus always was. He existed with, he didn't have a body before. When he was in heaven, he was a spirit, just like the Father and the Holy Spirit, pure spirit. Uh, and so it's only at, at Christmas, and the, and the big term for Christmas, incarnation, mm. the incarnation, to, to become flesh, to become one of us, okay, to become uh, made real, okay. So then the question is, okay, then, then why did he become man, right? Why did he become one of us? And the simple answer, to save us. Yeah. You know, a, a cute story that I heard one time is a person said, in order to understand this, imagine that we're all ants. You know, the little nasty things that when, you leave, when your food falls on the ground, right? Okay? And so pretend that everyone's an ant, and God is the king of the ants. Okay? So the king of the ants. All the ants are over in this corner of the room, and the king of the ants wants all the ants to get to the other side of the room. And, and he can't figure out how to get them there. 
All right? He figures that maybe they're going to get there on their own, but they don't. They all stay over there. So then he, he, he gives some, some ants special knowledge to, to sort of move them along. And the ants begin to move a little bit, but they always seem to go back to that corner. And so God is really frustrated. He's thinking, how am I going to get the ants from this place to that place? And he says, you know what? The only way I can do it, I have to become an ant. I have to become an ant, and then I can lead them. And then I can lead them. And, and the reality is, that's what that God did. He humbled him so much, humbled himself so much, that he came down to be one of us. God the Father desired that humanity be united with him, be reunited. We were united in the beginning, before sin. Right? And, and he wanted us back. He wanted us back. And, and the only way he could, he tried to do it through the prophets in the Old Testament. He tried to bring them along, but, but they simply didn't come. And so he sends his son Jesus. Jesus leaves the glory of heaven. He leaves the glory of heaven and comes down to earth. Why did he have to become a man? Because sin entered through a man. Sin entered through Adam. And so salvation needed to come through a man. And sometimes in the church we can even call Jesus the new Adam. The new Adam. The first Adam said no. The the second Adam, the new Adam, says yes. We think when, when her parents were older... That's part of the tradition. Joachim and Anne were older, but they conceived her in the regular way. They raised her as a, as a devout Jewish girl. Okay? Lots of, there's lots of legends and there's these stories about Mary was raised in the temple and all this. Probably not. Most, you know, it would have been unheard of. She was raised by her parents. Uh, like any uh, devout Jewish family, they taught her to pray. They taught her to be open to God. They taught her what faith was. And, and, and she was a woman who believed. Like every Jewish girl... You know, they knew that there was the prophecy that the Savior was going to be born. And so Mary, like every Jewish girl, wanted to be the mother of the Savior. You know, she, she wanted that. Just like today, if you go to the Orthodox Jewish community, you know, why do they have so many children? They're still waiting for the Savior. They're still hoping that they might be the mother of the Savior because they don't believe Jesus was the Savior. And we'll talk about why they didn't believe that in, in the weeks to come. But so at that moment in time, Mary, probably 15 or 16 years of age, you know, young girl dressed, you know, in her bedclothes, she's sitting there on her bed, and all of a sudden this, this bright light enters the room, you know, this presence of God. Angels don't have bodies. Sometimes they take on bodies. They can do that. But this powerful presence of God, and Mary's awakened, you know, and the angel says to her, Hail Mary, you who are full of grace, in Hebrew actually, overflowing with grace, you know, uh, how blessed are you among all women. You know? And God has a plan for you. He wants you to be the mother of the Savior. This young girl. But she was a woman of faith. That's the important thing with Mary. We have to always to remember. She wasn't just some kid off the street who didn't know God. She was a woman of prayer, so she was ready. And she's, she has a question. She says, how is this possible? Uh, I don't know man. Now, she was betrothed to Joseph. The Jewish uh, wedding ceremonies had two steps. That on the... There was an engagement, but it was more than an engagement. Actually, it was the legal contract was signed that the man and woman would become husband and wife, but they wouldn't come to live together for a period of time afterwards. That happened for a number of reasons. Maybe the guy had to raise the money for the dowry uh, or to to pay her family or something like that. Most times it was because the girl was young, and so they were waiting for her to reach womanhood, shall we say, before she would go to live with her husband. And so Mary says, how is this possible? I don't know man. You know what she's saying? I haven't slept with a man. Joseph and I have not been together. How is this possible? And and the angel Gabriel says, 
the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come upon you and it will overshadow you and you will mm -hmm. conceive and bear a son. And Mary says, let it be done to me as you will. Let it be done to me. Some of the theologians of the church have said that Mary conceived first in her heart. Mm -hmm. That she welcomed the Lord into her heart first. Mm -hmm. And then because she had welcomed the Lord into her heart, she was able to welcome the Lord into her womb. And so it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that Mary conceives and she becomes pregnant with Jesus. Now, people will follow up with that. You know, I taught high school for so many years and even working with adults. Well, well how is this possible? You know, and I would say, hey, remember who we're dealing with here. This is God. He made everything out of nothing. Splitting an egg by himself is not that big of a deal. You know, really. I mean, this is God. This is God. He made everything out of nothing. He created the world. He created the human person out of nothing. To take an egg in a woman and split it, <laughs> allowing conception to happen, isn't that big of a deal mm -hmm. when you get down to it. And, and that's what God did. People will say, oh, I don't believe that. Okay. Okay, you don't believe it. At Lourdes in France, where the Blessed Mother appeared, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a, a slogan that's, that's on the, engraved there at, the, at, the, at the, um, the waters where people go in. It says, for those with faith, no explanation is necessary. For those without faith, no explanation is possible. So if we believe, we believe. We believe. There's reason behind it, but we believe. For people who say, oh, I don't believe that. Okay. 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 So that's how it's possible. And then finally for today, is Jesus God or is Jesus man? And our answer is he's both. He is the God-man. Um, and again, not to get too confused, but you know, we say that Jesus is one person, but he has two natures. Mm -hmm. He has a divine nature. He has a divine nature, which means he has, a, he, has the, he has the knowledge of God. He has the will of God. But when he became one of us, he also took on a human nature. So he has human feelings. He had human emotions. Uh, he had a human will. Okay? Um, and that's why we, you know, we'll get to this next week, but, you know, on Good Friday, Jesus died. And so the question becomes, well, did God die? No. Well, no, God didn't die. Jesus died in his human nature. God can't die. God can't die. But Jesus died in his human nature because humanity can die. Um, when Jesus was in the garden the night before he died, and he says, if it's possible, let this cup pass. What's that? That's his human will. Sure. His human will struggling. When Jesus, and this is a real important thing, when Jesus became man, he put aside, in a sense, he surrendered his divine knowledge in that, you know, he didn't know everything. When Jesus was born as a baby, like, he needed to learn to walk. He needed to learn to talk. Mary and Joseph had to teach him the scriptures. Um, that he really did humble himself, but he knew pain. He knew rejection. He knew sadness. He knew temptation. Like, whatever we experienced... He experienced as a human being, you know? And so he really did become one of us. And that, so we have a God that we can approach no matter what we're feeling, no matter what we're struggling, and know that he understands. He understands what we're experiencing. Now, the last thing I'm going to say is probably going to confuse you more than anything else I've said. The people will say, well, when did Jesus know he was God, Right? You know, because there's questions out there. Did he know that he was God 
when he was born? Did he know that he was God when he turned 13? Did he know that he was God uh, during his public ministry when he started doing miracles? There are some people that claim he didn't know he was God until the resurrection. Here's the answer. And this is given to me, I'll credit my senior Richard Malone, a brilliant theologian and uh, advisor to the current pope when he was, uh, when he was the Archbishop or Cardinal Ratzinger. This is the answer. There was never a time that Jesus did not know he was God. There was never a time that he didn't know that he was God. Which means, you know, I'm not sure, and psychologists kind of fill us in on this, like when does someone know who they are? Like, you know, some of you had kids, like, you know, when you're, exactly. You know, like, I remember, like, confusing my nieces and nephews. It would be a lot of fun. I'd say, you know, your dad is my brother, and he's Nanny's little boy. And my nephew would be like, no, no, no. Like, I don't understand this, you know? And, like, psychologists would tell us, like, up to the age of, what, two or three, kids identify with their mother. Like, they think they're the same person as their mother, which is why they hang onto your leg, and they don't want to be separated from you. And all because they don't know who they are. You know, it's only at three or four or five that they sort of discover who they are. And so Jesus was not laying in the playpen, you know, and Mary comes over, you know, Jesus want a bottle? Jesus want a bottle? Don't talk to me that way. I'm God, you know? No. Like, no. No, like, but, but as he came aware of who he was, as he became aware of who he was, he knew. A number of years ago, there was a uh, Hallmark movie on at, I think it was Easter or Christmas. It was called Mary of Nazareth. And uh, now, again, this was not based on the scriptures. It's not, it's not based in reality, as far as we know. But they had a scene in that movie which touched me so profoundly. Jesus is about 11 years old. Okay, so he's getting ready for his bar mitzvah. He's going to begin reading the scriptures. So an adult in the Jewish world. And Mary meets him at the synagogue, the temple, and says, look, we need to go for a walk. And they go for a walk, and they're going up into the hills. And Mary begins to tell Jesus about who he is. And begins to tell him about the Annunciation. And, and, and that he is God. And that he has this mission to save the world. I don't know if that happened or not. But it seems to me, it might have. <laughs> you know? I think a mother, Mary knew. Mary and Joseph knew. Definitely by 12 or 13, he knows. He knows. So how did he come to know? Again, not teaching to the church, but I think Mary is the one who filled him in. So we'll pick up next week with, with more uh, on the particulars uh, of Jesus in the Gospels. This has been another podcast with Father Chris Walsh.